Blog Talk Radio. SmackDown picks the Miz. 
Raw picks Akira Tozawa. That's actually a decent pickup. Um, okay, Tyson Fury, Braun Strowman. Um, I have mixed feelings about this one, folks, simply because celebrity entering the world of wrestling. It's like not every day that you see them, but okay. Ronda Rousey, anyone? Not fucking crazy. I just, okay. Let me just explain my theory on this. If Tyson Fury pins Braun Strowman, we will never fucking hear the end of this. And it will really, at this point, there's several people that have left the ship known as WWE, and they have moved on to AEW. What this will do is it will further sink the ship that has already furthered its sinking into the depths of the ocean of despair. So says Lyle from Chicago, Illinois. I'm glad I'm reading your message aloud and you don't think it's my opinion. Lyle, what else do you have to say, sir? Because my, okay, I get sidetracked, folks. Sorry, Russell underscore radio, the Instagram that is. Okay. My opinion is the match to draw gets WWE out of debt because we know they are hurting for moolah. And that's just, you know, sign on the deadline, whatever. A massage with Lana and Mr. Lashley, what? Who cares? Shelton Benjamin versus Ricochet was okay. Eric Young versus Aleister Black. Again, Aleister Black wins. Eric Young just looks kind of oddballed. I, I don't know what to, to make of Eric Young's look, so... um the OC attacked the Street Profits, who were drafted to Monday Night Raw. So they're obviously off of NXT now. They're no longer the champion. And it's just like, okay, just kind of message again from these people. So Aleister Black versus Eric Young. Yes, I already know this. Round three. Oh, yes. The Viking Raiders won the Tag Team Championships. Now, I do like the last part of their name, but that's because my favorite football team is the Oakland Raiders, and I have no fucking shame about that. Weird combo, right, Yankees-Raiders? Anyways, greatest combo ever. Anyways, so the Viking Raiders, I wonder if this is setting up for Authors of Pain. So Monday Night Raw, Jesus. Even though the matches, you know, were finally like decent and, and well, I don't know about watch worthy, but like not cringe worthy. It's kind of like watching one of the old TV shows and at the part where you know you have to fucking take a piss or whatever. It's like kind of that feeling where you're like, I don't know if I should stay for the whole thing and watch it through its entirety. For three hours, I was flipping back and forth, honestly, between Monday Night Football and, um, well, Monday Night Raw. It's three hours, folks. There's got to be a decent enough reason 
my goodness. <sighs> see, see what Raw did to me. I always feel like I'm going to yawn, but now he's dubbed as Shorty Cable by uh, <laughs> Boring Corbin. Anyway, so as I'm reading through these results, this is just so okay. Oh yeah, it even has the raw smack of it. So raw pits Oscar and Kyrie saying. That's interesting because Oscar was once fun ten part of SmackDown Live. SmackDown picks Daniel Bryan, Raw picks Rusev, SmackDown picks Bailey, Raw picks Aleister Black. That's an interesting choice for Monday Night Raw, but that's not the main reason I have you on here, folks. You see, I watched the entire show. And by the way, I'm going to. Before I start into my mini tirade that rambles and somehow makes it center focus back to the point, what's up, UK? What's up, Latvia, Indonesia, Canada, Italy, Japan, Australia? What's up, United States? How's it going? Now, Oh, how I yawn on air because it's late where I come from, that's why. In a world filled with suspense in WWE's creative minds, they have created a world filled with suspense. It wasn't until the ending that caught my attention with the fiend and Seth Rollins. We hear nothing but laughter. And it's just like, okay, well, you know what? Hey, finally something that catches the attention. You see, live coverage, okay. Galley Live, Bray Wyatt, cuts in on another episode of Firefly Funhouse. Bray stands up and asks why Seth attacking him, Rollins beats him. So, before he sets the Funhouse on fire, Rollins is set in flames. Again, very bizarre ending. I think that that was a very good way to build before Crown Jewel, even though it'll be a chore to watch that pay-per-view. I'm praying that I have something to report on, because if I watch that, it'll probably be late, because it's in India, you know, different time zones. So, uh, let's see here. World clock. Let's see here. It's in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. So Jeddah. Ah, okay. We'll see Saudi Arabia. Where are you at? Okay. So it is now 7:43 in India. So actually, let's see here. Actually, About eight hours ahead of us, so probably going to be airing on the network around India time, night time over there, so they're about eight hours, so okay, 3 p.m. here, no, 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 probably 
God Almighty. 10 a.m. there. 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Yeah, because the kickoff show and Booker T and Renee Young, I'm going to say I miss Renee Young on the commentary because kind of gave flavor. Corey Graves and her would be a dynamic duo. I think it would be very unique if you put them two together, just saying. Um, if you put Corey Graves and Renee Young in com- on commentary, it's not that I dislike Jerry the King Waller. Vic Joseph is going to take some getting used to and needs work. Kind of, not really. Uh, whatever his name is, Odiran, or however you pronounce the dude's name. I'm just going to say it. He's not the greatest announcer. He needs to get more animated instead of, well, that's, I only watch my Japanese subs, you know, with English subtitles. It's like, um, he's like, I can't repeat it. Like, well, you, the cadences are there. It's just, the fucking train wreck to try and listen to Jerry Lawler flip-flop in between his commentating style. You know, in one match, he's for Zelina Vega and Andrade Sheen Allison. The other matches, his match notes, he's cheering on the baby faces with Lacey and Natalia versus the Kabuki Warriors. So you asked me for specifics, dude. I gave it to you. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat this shit. It is hard to pull strings now because, like, you don't have WCW who have AEW. And although, you know, the crowd was hot in Denver, how are you going to keep them, you know, warm and ready for you in different cities? A lot of question marks that go around WWE now like okay so now Charlotte versus Becky and the winner you know gets to pick a draft pick to come to Monday Night Raw I think from what I understand the way they did this not that complicated. It's just I would like to read some specifics from the results because it's saying they said raw, you know, because the three hour show has more picks. Okay, round six. So this is like the NFL. Raw picks Ray Mysterio, SmackDown picks Shorty Gable, Raw picks Titus O'Neill, SmackDown picks Elias, Raw picks Liv Morgan. Again, I just with the picks that I'm just going to say, they didn't change shit. They just added a few here and there's be like, Oh, well we have this and there are happy executives, which was pretty fucking recorded in Fox studios, by the way. So not only is that the other, you know, the other thing that was bothering me was that they have certain people from the same roster that really, at this point, if you look at them on paper, they didn't have to move from Raw. And uh, who am I referring to? Titus. Uh, let's see. Lynn Morgan was originally on SmackDown, so there's some that moved. 
But what I'm telling you is the main ones that did not move anywhere at all, you might as well just get to tell me that these people were exclusive to Monday Night Raw. Well, it's amazing because round five, Samoa Joe. Round, okay, so The Miz, Akira Dozawa, let's take by Raw SmackDown, picks Oren fucking Corbin. Raw picks Shelton Benjamin. I haven't seen Shelton Benjamin in action in quite a while. And it was fairly interesting with him and, uh, well, Ricochet gives a whole new meaning to the phrase one and only. Round four, Raw picked Buddy Murphy. SmackDown picked Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. So that was the last time they saw Raw saw them. SmackDown picked Carmella. Raw picked our truth. You separated the infamous duo. Okay, cool, whatever. Let's see. So in round three, Raw picked Cedric Alexander. That's hard to get through. SmackDown picked Shinsuke Nakamura. Raw picks Humberto Carrillo. SmackDown picks Ali. <laughs> Raw picks Eric Rowan. Okay, then. Da, 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 da. Congratulations to the Viking Raiders. Uh, I don't remember who. The Kabuki Warriors. This is round two. Daniel Bryan. SmackDown Live. Rusev. Bailey. Aleister Black drafted the Ross. Bailey drafted the SmackDown. This is hard to get through because they said there are certain people on that draft board, the New Day. So over 70 superstars have been placed into this year's WWE draft. So they followed the format of NFL. You know, every great formula has this. (laughs) I can't do this. Whenever someone says you really got the fans going, you got them involved, you have their emotional investment, is so much. There's so much that goes into professional wrestling. People don't realize it's all about to do with your training and where you came from and how what you put into the product. Right now, that's not, I'm not. Oh yeah, he's a know-it-all. No, look. Danny Cage, not just him, but trainers around the globe preach that if you don't captivate the crowd, how do you expect them to come back and watch your stuff over and over again? And it was very hard to get through the show because it was so confusing. It was just like, okay, you want to give us a new look? Fine. I'm okay with that. Lacey Evans and Natty was not the main focus, but it's like these two could not stand each other. And just to clarify, I know it's professional wrestling and that it doesn't matter if one person can't stand the next, but to pair them up week after, they just beat the holy hell out of each other and Natty powerbombed her 
off the stage and said, I brought out the best. I understand Rhonda's trying to um, create a family. However, you know, that's who I thought was going to come out and tag with Natty, but I just, it's okay. That's not during Buddy Murphy versus uh, Cedric Alexander. Really was not a fan of said match. I never really, like I said, I somewhat invested in the Cruiserweight Championship when it first arrived on the scene. Um, then when it was around the waist of Enzo Amore, I lost interest. Just being fucking honest. It was because, you know, I guess you have interest and intrigue, so you get pulled in by someone who, well, he kind of fucking did this. The entire 205 live division before that division, I was going to say it, just folded up. So, yeah, there's that. All right, folks. I realize the Skype connection is, you know, acting all on the fritz, but I have 38 minutes for a lovely Off the Rails Uncensored Monday edition. And by the way, happy 4,000. Thanks to all the fans who listened. Um, I know I have a long way to go to get millions, but that's the goal, right? So, anyways, I believe this is going to come in handy. If you have small children, warning, explicit content is about to be produced out of my mouth, Brian Rails' mouth, yeah. So, if you have any small children or minors that are listening to the show, this is the point where you put earplugs in their ears. Or cotton, or whatever the fuck works. Because you will be hearing F-bombs raining down from time to time, not always. Okay? Also, Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark show that has been in existence since March 7th of 2016. Other forms of the show has been changed from said title of Tracks of Life, any use or semblance thereof, or reproduction of Off the Rails Uncensored will be punishable by law and handled in small claims court for each use and produces of the likeness thereof the name Off the Rails Uncensored. $45 will be the amount you owe. Anyways, enough of the legalities. Buckle up, fuckers. Oh, and before I do, before y'all buckle up, I do not own the right to Nikki Cross's Glasgow Cross. CFO 2019 All Rights Reserve World Wrestling Entertainment. Hit my music, fuckers. Take it.
Sometimes people tell other people in professional wrestling, fans included, oh, you just got to, you know, you got to believe in what we present to you. We have, you have to um, have patience, see the bigger picture. After tonight's show, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to pull up ratings because that's what I do. This is going to be pulled last week, October 7th. Monday Night Raw drew, okay, Monday's Raw drew an average 2,334,000 viewers on USA Network, down from last week, which was 2,000, or 2,569,000 viewers. Raw was number five, number six, and number nine on cable in 18 to 49-year-olds demographic of the day. It was going up against the Browns versus 49ers game on Eastern, which drew 11,125,000 viewers and an MLB playoff game on TBS, which drew 3,611,000 viewers. Raw averaged a 0.75 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic, meaning 0.75% of the total people that age watch the show. Down from last week, 0.89. The NFL gained it a 3.89 rating. This time last year, October 8, 2018, Raw drew 2,374,000 viewers. The October 9, 2017, Raw drew 2,871,000 viewers. So the hourly breakdown from last week, 2,443,000 at 8 p.m. They lost 113 viewers the next hour, 9 p.m., and then 10 p.m. came. They stayed steady. So this is according to GPEWW.net. Airwick also, you know, had the same exact numbers. Okay. What I am trying to give you all in a message is this. It's hard to pull strings nowadays. Because in some way, shape, or form, Entertainment value has dropped. There's not as many people tuning in because, well, they're missing elements. No, they're not missing talent. They're missing certain elements called making sure your crowd is happy, making sure that they stick around long enough to get more merchandise, and um, also if they feel satisfied. That is the main concern. If they don't feel satisfied, do you think they're honestly going to tune in? I, I really don't see that happening. I mean, maybe I could be wrong about that aspect of things because as far as the fans being invested in WWE's stuff, it might take a minute for the ratings to go back up because the stars aligned and oh well AEW was born in twenty in two thousand eighteen. And a year later AEW had its your pay per view one. 
And speaking of AEW, I'll just get right into it. The longevity of AEW, will it last at least 10 years or more? Will AEW eventually fade out? That's up to you guys to decide. I'm not the one who decides the fate of wrestling companies and simply because I'm just the one that watches and goes, oh, cool, wrestling. AEW's got Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho. So now they have Jack Hager, Santana, and whatever the crazy dude looks like, Conan. And body, body, rowdy, rowdy. But this dude's so local, man. The look on his face tells the story. I don't know what story it's trying to tell. He looks like one of the homies that you pull out of the vending machines, you know, the small little plastic. Uh, you, you guys don't get it. That was back in 2004. Anyways, some of you might. It's just, I watched, I've watched Dynamite two weeks in a row now. I have watched NXT. There's always going to be loyalties that lie to both. Like, man, I like AEW for this. I like WWE for that. WWE is barely getting a response of, I like this company for that reason. Okay, so what are the, aside from reading off numbers, the reason for the low ratings is because, fill in the blank. I believe that when you don't have a big name anymore on your show, it's hard to bring in real in fans that are, you know, once upon a time, were once upon a time. That demographic back in the mid-90s where WWE had more than, you know, 12 million people tuning into Monday Night Raw because it was so fucking captivating. And then the fact that Tony Schiavone was told to read the results of WWE Raw show, I mean, I think that just fucking is stupid that that, that happened during back during the Monday Night Wars. Speaking of Wednesday Night Wars, gee, you know, okay. Here's what I'm going to say. I honestly believe if you're going to pull strings and get emotions from fans, you've got to give us something to talk about other than I can't believe they're pulling the same shit they did last year. Yeah, they're pulling out all the stops in Crown Jewel because, again, fill in the blanks. I don't know what their motives are, but I certainly sometimes have a hard time watching WWE stuff because some of the matches that are booked were booked the previous week, the same matches that are booked the next week. Try something different, please. Instead of being routine and being on the safe side, you know, just explore a little, you know, that don't walk on a rickety bridge, but you're walking a fine line between you're going to lose the majority of your subscribers and 
The only thing that is left is your merchandise, and well, if that's doing better than your actual programming, like I said, I don't know. I don't make the rules. I just observe and report pretty much you know what I'm going to tell you? I've been a fan for 20 plus years. Does that entitle me to say, well, your show fucking sucks? Does it entitle me to think I know everything? No. What it does empower me to do is to give you insight on what's not working. Some people bitch about the heel turn of Bailey taking too long. A lot of people are now bitching about the whole Seth Rollins game thing. And um, that hell in a cell. Yeah. Here's my thought process on the whole thing. You're going to get told, get over it. And sadly, they're hearing you know of gripe and bitch about that. Do I disagree with something? You know, I don't about the gripe. You know, Bray Wyatt or the scene. You know, not winning the championship. If he wins the crown jewel, there'll be a lot of. Why didn't you? And there's going to be, there's always going to be something where someone complains about how wrestling should be, should not be. Well, back in my day, back in the day during the Attitude Era, back during the rock and roll golden age, it's like, shut up. We know back in the day things were different. We know that we didn't also have an abundance of social media. To just bitch and argue about one match. But yes, I agree. Inside Hell in a Cell should not be disqualification fucking finish. But what do I know? Also, you know, it just, it bogs my mind. I've got 25 minutes left. But it, it just, it bogs my mind how... If this stuff happened back then, I think a long time ago that WWE would have a much different result during the Monday Night Wars. But that was then, this is now. So, again, it's frustrating to watch something that I love turn into complete mush. Well, not entirely, but how are you going to like, you brought out the best of me. That was nice of Natty. And Okay, well, if I want to find the nice of Monday Night Raw, the fact that the Viking Raiders won the tag team championships. I think that's pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. But there's always going to be something 
for fans and myself particularly. It's the problem, man. It's hard to please a crowd. It is, they're like, well, it's not that hard if you just stick to a story. Well, it's more than just sticking to a story. It's entertaining the crowd, having them invest in the emotions that you want them to invest in. When you're a bad guy, you want them to fucking not only hate you, but remember you for all the wrong fucking reasons. Like, man, alive. Okay, let's give a good example. When Rick Rude used to put the face of the dude's wife on his crotch and have it like airbrushed or painted on there, and I just I find it I find that to be amusing because now you know the bad guy dynamic is okay. It was, should have been me, or it was my time. But you just got lucky, or whatever the case is nowadays. It makes it so easy for us to be like boo then 10 seconds later yay so pulling strings is not as easy as it once was and uh oh yes AEW's longevity I'm wondering because I gotta get this correct it seems like they have a lot of folk on their roster so I'm just gonna add a tab here how many active members are on the AEW roster? How many people are on AEW's roster? List of AEW personnel. Adam Page. Angelico, Angelico, Brandon Cutler, Chris Jericho, Chris Daniels, Chuck Taylor. I gotta go down this list. So, Wardlow, Trent Beretta, Stu Grayson, Sonny Kiss, Sean Spears, Scorpio, Santana, Ah, Santa Guevara. Ray Phoenix, Peter Abner, Pentagon Jr., Pac, Ortiz, Orange Cassidy, freaking love him, uh, Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson, MJF, Axel Churchill Freeman, let's see here, Michael Nakazawa, Matt Jackson, okay, I said him, Mark Quinn, Marco Stunt, Luchasaurus, Kipsel, okay, so they have close to 50 people in their roster. Darby Allen, Dustin Rhodes, so on and so forth. Just stay awake for this. Will AEW outlast, you know, WWE as far as you know, ratings go? And well, no, that's half the battle. Well, no, no, that's half the battle. Plus, you know, I have 20 minutes left on the show to explain why. There's stuff. AEW stuff isn't terrible. Jericho looks like he's had, um, you know, time to develop stories with Cody and now Darby Allen, who came down the ramp with a skateboard and he thanks the world. I'm going to be your hero. I'm going to be your champion. They beat the fuck out of Jericho with the skateboard, and Jericho's bleeding from the mouth. 
say way too many specialty matches, folks. Uh, let's see here. That's not gonna not gonna help their longevity in their careers. But certainly, you know, like you think that AEW is exempt from, you know, criticisms. Nope. I'm shaking my head, no, because I know exactly why certain fans are going to be like, well, how come they didn't last as long with this, and how come they didn't do this? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe that dude botched. Blah, 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 blah. You're going to hear that eventually. Right now, they're in the honeymoon phase of their company. Which means, let me listen. Let me say something. It means they've got a little ways to go, and they know this. But they're already they already broke the mold with seven million views, or seven yeah, seven million viewers in TNT. That's like the highest ranked, highest rated show on TNT right now. Because I have 18 minutes, I'm going to take numbers. AEW ratings. Okay. Let's just check this one. After two weeks, AEW has three clear strengths and one big weakness. Despite all of these wrestling essentially being born last September at all, and blah, 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 blah. They have 1.4 million in average views in its first week and over 1 million in week two. Clearly, it will take time to determine just how well AEW can attract and connect with wrestling fans in the longer term. But even just two episodes in, it is not hard to see what AEW is doing well while also differentiating itself from the other mainstream promotion that has spent the last few decades dominating pro wrestling in the United States. Pushing new talent. While AEW features a number of familiar faces like Chris Jericho, Pac, Dustin Rhodes, Cody, and Jake Hager, the company has done a strong job of also promoting its younger, lesser-known mainstream talents. Private Party, for example, which I saw them at House of Glory. Yeah. They, to me, they... A friend of mine and I were discussing this over the phone. They don't look like wrestlers to me. They look like two skinny nobodies that were pulled off the street. They have talent? Sure. They obviously did because they beat the number one tag team in the world. The Young Bucks. Okay. MJF is a centerpiece in the elite feud with Jericho Stable. The Inner Circle. Inner Circle member Sammy Guevara seems to have a strong support of the company behind him, and Darby Allen will serve as Jericho's first challenger for his AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Okay, so this established names like Cody working with Guevara and John Moxley with Chili Janela and Jim Spiderfest, Dustin teams with Hangman Page, and so on. Chris Jericho, while the focus on the relatively unknown members of AEW's roster is one of the company's hallmarks attracting established mainstream fans, requires an anchor with star power, which is just what AEW has in Chris Jericho. There may be no versatile pro wrestler in the world moment in Jericho's pen, yeah, pension or reinvention. 
creating cult moments out of seemingly nowhere and connecting with eight. Yeah, connecting with crowds has been a major. Boy, somebody needs to rewrite this article. Major boost for AEW this far, thus far. As I already mentioned, Jericho is the head of the heel stable, the inner circle, bent both on dominating AEW and dismantling the elite. Okay, so. Yeah, the goal of AEW is to begin is then to showcase a variety of pro wrestling styles. So flippy flippy, ground and pound, stuff like Stan Hansen, you know, back in the day. I wasn't alive back then. But, you know, I gotta admire AEW's hack in, in having all over the show type shit too. Like when Cody Rhodes comes out, the lights dim, he's not a dark enough fucking gimmick. To pull that off, they're trying to say, well, he's running in to help his friend, too. It's like, I get where you all are coming from, but let me just point things out. The reason why I question AEW's longevity is because those guardrails that they get thrown in the bicycle racks, you're going to throw your back out eventually after running into those things. Like, well, he stops before he gets there, so he obviously knows it's not real. Duh, dipshit. Wrestling is a never-ending, consistent work. That's all it has been for the longest time. They have several viewers. Like I said, one of my friends at work, she said... I watched WWE and I haven't missed out unless I haven't watched it in forever. AEW reminded her of TNA and the touch of WCW and old WWE. I mean, not dousing AEW entirely as a whole. I just How many times can one person you know, stand back and gig someone before the other person gets to looking like Dusty Rhodes' forehead, which looks like a whole bunch of lesions and stuff from all the gigging and blading he did? It's not just the gigging and blading. It's the, I wonder how long this company will last because others have come and they have failed miserably. They're trying to attempt to drive WWE out of business. They say that AEW is going to do that. Again, like I said, no harm, no foul by saying that, you know, it's not a big deal that, um, well, private party who did multiple, you know, flying, there's no fucking psychology in that match whatsoever. Who's the baby? Who's the fucking heel? It's like, okay, and then other fucking smarks in that audience were chanting, you know, woo, whatever. When it was Moxley versus Spears, which, let me just point this out. Tully Blanchard is one of the biggest names in professional wrestling history because he is a former four horseman. 
However, you know, as a former manager, it's like you're supposed to stay to one side of the fucking ring. Floyd Blanchard was moving all over the joint. And they're like, well, you noticed what he did. It's like he tried to get involved in the match. I'm kind of see how old Tully is. Sorry, dude, but I, I really... Tully Blanchard, okay. So this dude is only a couple years younger than my father. Tully Blanchard is, thank God, born January 22nd, 1954, from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Again, that means he's 60... Here, seventy. Oh, close, close. Not seventy. I was, yeah, sixty-five years old. That sounds about right. And it's amazing to see that Mr. Blanchard is moving all over the place. No one quite explained how this managing game works. When you're outside in the apron, stick to one side. And also, I'm yawning because I have a lot of points to be made on tomorrow's show as well, folks. So I'm going to catch some of these. But before I do, I'm going to bring it home. Because in 10 minutes, you know, that's a long time to cover, right? AEW, will they last, you know, past five years, probably, when they get to their 10-year mark? How are they going to keep drawing people? That's the question. Because eventually you fall into the same trap WWE's falling into, and that's booking the same match, you know. Just doing all the... Incorrect things, right? Or, you know, lack thereof. To get wrestling fans to notice them. Again, Tyson Fury, man who has a hot temper, quit adding certain celebrities to this shindig. You want people to be entertained? Okay, well, what better way to just try and make things fresh, like introduce a character, not only introducing a character, but keeping the same feuds, not trying to replace one wrestler because you're going to try that stupid fake Razor gimmick. Obviously, that one went over well, you know, with fake Diesel and fake Razor, man, I got to tell you, after watching both NXT and AEW on DVR, I must tell you, I really, you know, 
kind of really torn as a fan, but hey. It's professional wrestling. Sorry for the long pause. I'm going to stop with, you know, an advertisement and then call it a night, folks. AEW's longevity is in question because they have all these people on their roster where they're going to put them to. Monday Night Raw was hard to fucking follow. So, hopefully things will get easier to follow on WWE side. And also, good luck NXT. AEW is going to be breathing down your necks again. They don't even have to breathe down their necks. They're just just sitting all kinds of calm, just like, oh, we had over a million viewers. Well, you had 863,000 total, you know, total fucking viewers on the USA Network. You got to give NXT some props because, well, they're sticking to what they know how to do best, and that's just wrestle and give the fans a show. That's all I really asked for was a show, so. Anyways, that'll do it for tonight. Before you um, go, folks, we're going to start with the advertisement of invest in yourself today, become a professional wrestler. You can do so by visiting the Monster Factory website at www.monsterfactory.org. Danny Kaye's the world-renowned, world-famous head coach, owner, and trainer. Invest in yourself. Make your dreams of becoming a professional. Make your dreams of having a professional wrestling career come true by joining Danny Kaye's. For more information, do not email the office. Just talk live and live in color, right, folks? That'll do it for tonight. Thank you. I love you. I will see you. Th- or we'll just be on the air to waves tomorrow, and I will have much more to rant about before I get all kinds of tired. All right. Have a good one. Dig it. Personality, the cultural personality.